Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash using your power. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For this episode of the podcast, I'd like to recommend Wild at Heart, Discovering the Secret of a Man's Soul by John Eldridge. Or if you're a woman, you can also check out Captivating, Unveiling the Mystery of a Woman's Soul by John and Stacey Eldridge. This is Using Your Power, and I'm David Anchweeb. Joining me is... Maveen Cora. Hi, Maveen. How's it going? Yeah, I'm going good, doing good, man. How are you today? I'm powered up. Yeah? You know, one of the things I'm really excited about is we got the dogs upstairs to uh, calm down, and, and they're not uh, walking around and not barking anymore, so <laughs> I think uh, on this recording today, they it'll be a really good one, because we'll get them in the background. Don't speak too soon. Well, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, I guess if, you, if you've heard those dogs in previous episodes, that's what's going on. You know, I, I live with three other roommates plus two dogs, so sometimes they do make a lot of noise and maybe the art mics have picked them up a little bit if we had one more dynamic mic i guess that wouldn't happen but you're using a condenser mic so that tends to pick up your thoughts <laughs> <laughs> well it does pick up my thoughts i think that's how it keeps they all keep coming out this way right that's the right. more i more i look at this microphone the more i keep speaking and the more the ideas just keep flowing Love it. So what are we talking about today? Uh, today, you know, we, we have decided to talk about 10 things that, you know, I, as in, you know, as in ourselves, as well as our listeners may have or have learned from their parents. Such an interesting topic. And I really look forward to, to talking about this, you know, and it's been good kind of thinking about what I have learned from my parents too. And it brings back memories and brings back thoughts of the past too. So it's, it's a very interesting Oh, for sure. And, you know, I think a lot of the things that your parents have taught you and a lot of things my parents have taught me and, you know, just the people that are in, you know, in charge of us when we're growing up, you know, these people help shape us, they help mold us into the people that, you know, we, they want us to become. But I think also they, the people they date don't want us to become as well. They've definitely helped us uh, mold into that as well. Yeah, no, that's true. And, you know, our parents did the best they could with what they had, but so often, you know, parents might have certain intentions and, and that's why kids are brought up in, in a religious household. Like I kind of had that, that moment of clarity as well, where I thought, well, you know, in general, in church, you learn good things and those good things can make you a good person, so to speak. So that might be one of the reasons or motivators why parents would want their kids to grow up in a church. No, for sure. And I, I like the fact that you just started on religion first point right into it, eh? We're just going to get into the meat and potatoes of it All right the away. taboos today. Yeah. yeah, well, that's okay, right? I mean, you're right. I mean, one of the things, you know, depending on the household you're being grown up in and, and, and depending on what cultural background you come from, you know, some par parents are teaching, you know, um, different religious uh, factors and cultural um, items to their kids. Some people are not, right? Some people are allowing them... Uh, some parents are allowing people to just kind of learn, you know, just as they want to, right? But I think it is the choice of the parents to either decide to teach the kids on that or not, right? And I know you made a, a statement saying, you know, you were uh, born, kind of born into a family that wanted to teach religion and teach culture and, and teach, you know, uh, spirituality and, and maybe help save uh, people through Christianity, right? So um, mm -hmm. if, if I'm not wrong in that, um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, these are beliefs that they had and, and, and these are strong beliefs they had, right? And there's nothing wrong with it. And they wanted to, me, at least I, it feels to me, pass some of that um, belief belief system that they felt was good for them and, and pass those values back on to you. Yeah, I think you summed it up very, very well there. It's And it's true. You know, that's one of the cool things is it's a family that valued culture. So I grew up in Japan. I got to see the Philippines, got to see Malaysia, Korea, a few of the North or South Korea? <laughs> Seoul. So, you know, <laughs> that would obviously be, be South Korea, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if you can even fly into North Korea randomly. No, I don't think you can. I think you got to cross from the South. But I, I have no idea. I've never been to that uh, side of the world, at least uh, the Korea side. 
Yeah, and I've really only been in the airport, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Got all the culture you ever wanted from the airport. <laughs> yeah, but I guess you know, thinking about that now brings a lot of clarity to me, in the way in which you said culture. Yeah, I think my family, family did value culture. That's why I did grow up overseas. That's why I did experience some of those things. So that is definitely kind of a cool thing. No, for sure. And, you know, what maybe what are some of the things that uh, your parents kind of taught you about um, when, when they you know, they were teaching um, other people, right, you know, culture and whatnot. So what are maybe some of the things that you picked up from them about culture and, and the way they were maybe teaching it, David? Well, that's a huge, broad question. You know, I think my, my parent, like, because well, I, I was born... In Canada, but like I, we moved over to Japan when I was turning six, so I was still very young and, and maybe not picked up on all those all those kinds of things. It it it's fair to say like they'd been to Japan before, and my sister was born there, and they'd returned to Canada, and I was born in Canada, and then we moved back to Japan. So they liked Japan, and they liked experiencing different cultures and traveling enough that they they would chose to do that again. And who knows, you know, maybe my dad was, was no longer wanting to be a, a, a college professor at a Bible college. And, and we, we joked about how much he was making or not making <laughs> at that time. Very smart guy has had different degrees, pastoral degrees, and was very book smart that way. But maybe that was part of the decision too, is, is financially we maybe wouldn't have been able to sustain our lives but that's an interesting lesson too right because we have so much talk about lifestyle business these days and so you know if you're making a grand a month here in canada maybe you can't live on that but if you move to somewhere like chiang mai or somewhere cheaper davao or something like that maybe a grand a month would go a long way maybe not provide a full living but it would go a lot longer than it would here Right, you know, and and that's that. Uh, that's to really saying lots of different parts in the world as well, right? I mean, a thousand dollars goes a long way in a lot of different countries, right? Especially when you start looking into places like India and maybe uh, inland China. If you start mm-hmm. looking at Vietnam and Malaysia and the Philippines and and uh, you know all those a little lot islanders, of Asia. yeah, a lot of the Asian countries, right? You'll see that your dollar does go a lot further. And you know, there's something to be said about living in in those countries as well, right? And growing up in those countries, uh, or least being a visitor when you go to those countries right so i mean uh, one of the things i took away from my parents and i know you talk uh, we talk, start talking a little bit about the religion side of you growing up in that side and you know you learned kind of from them and how i think important it was to kind of you know teach teach it to other people but also uh, be grounded in who you are as a a religious person as well right and not just pushing it down everybody's throat but he was i believe your parents are probably out there really just kind of showing people what it's about right and kind Kind of letting them make their own choices i'm hoping you know there's no gun to people's heads no. and saying you got to believe this right so no i uh, think that's that is a very fair point yeah i think it it maybe taught myself my sister what uh, evangelism looked like or at least what evangelism looked like from the perspective of, of my parents right and i think that's important right that's the perspective of your parents and i mean every different teacher you look out there is evangelizing and teaching in slightly different ways right so yes. i mean there's how many different churches all around the world and each one of them have uh, a leader head in them right i don't care if it's a church or if it's a temple a synagogue um i don't know it doesn't matter what the cultural Vatican, the yeah, pastor the priest doesn't matter right i mean everybody has somebody there teaching values uh that they deem to be important uh to that congregation right so uh, i think that's important to look at as well when you're starting to look at going to different temples and and, and churches and whatnot yep definitely so should we get into some of those points that uh, we've we've thought about when it comes to things we've learned from our parents? I mean, that that was kind of a, one of mine in a way, talking about what happened on an international level. But I have some other ones that I've prepared. So oh, absolutely. You know, um, I can start if you don't mind. You know, yeah. one, and this kind of goes along with what we were just chatting about right now. Um, one of the things you know that I when I grew up, my parents, you know, um, I grew up in a Hindu uh, you know household, right? You know, learning about all the different gods and all the different rituals and all the different cultural things that go with the culture and the way the people are and whatnot you know i learned about it but it was never pushed 
down my throat by my parents. They really allowed myself and my sister as well to make those decisions. Uh, I mean, they um, taught us kind of the practices that they enjoyed. Now, they didn't push us into doing them. You know, I still to this day don't do every single different religious practice my dad does Mm. is because it's not who I am as a person. It's not how I feel I can connect uh, to my spiritual side. That's the way he feels he connects. My mom has her own different practices and that's how she feel she can connect uh, connect I know my sister has her own different practices and because we were allowed to be free in our thought process on how we you know determine our path to be right and I think that was really refreshing so that's one of the things I really learned from my parents was to make my own decisions on on what I felt was important for me for my own spiritual journey right uh, one of the things I know uh, we did when uh, I was 24 years old so about 14 years ago now um, you know uh, we took a full family trip you know, the, all four of us went overseas uh, at the time to India because my dad really wanted to show us the idea of where they came from and some of the history and and kind of that's one of the things he really enjoys is the history side of things and the religious history side of things and he really wanted to I think share that with us at that time right so I mean we went there and I learned about all my different family and all the different uh, you know people in it and and how they did their spiritual practice and and you know, I learned about the culture a lot more I mean when you're submersed in any culture like when you were in Japan right David uh, you, you kind of got used to what the culture was like you started becoming a part of that culture by you know take your mannerisms would become similar to the mannerisms that people of that culture would have you know the way you dress sure. the way you use your slang you know you start being that so you know just kind of being immersed in that culture was huge you know started learning a lot about the religious history as well in India because I mean it does have one of the oldest religions on the planet that you know come from that region and just really be able to witness and see how millions of people have their spiritual practice right and 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 how it was very different you know than each other's you know it wasn't all the same necessarily a lot of it had very similar a lot of similarities in it but there's still a lot of people that were doing it a little bit different, right? I mean, we had the opportunity to go to different religious sites like the Ganga River and stuff, the Holy mm. River in India, you know, and my dad, I think, really wanted to show us what that really meant. Uh, and, and it really allowed us, I think, me and my sister to really appreciate what we have here in Canada uh, versus what maybe people have in India now. Not That's not a, I'm not saying that in an egotistical way at all because it really allowed me to appreciate that people who have nothing still are happier than people who have something you know it, it really blew my mind to see the vast differences of the way I thought I was I used to live to the way I live my life now and have more appreciation for the culture I come from and it allows me actually to appreciate all the different cultures that I'm surrounded by too it's really great and I'm gonna tie it in with my point on beliefs as well because it's really kind of close to what you said you know I think I, I mean I grew up in a non-denominational particular denomination of of Christianity uh, called the Church of God. So really up until my 20s, probably mid or late 20s, I was in in the Church of God almost every Sunday. And I'd say it's like a fairly fairly conservative but not fundamentalist branch of of Christianity because many denominations they have their quirks, they have their differences, you know, they're, and even within, like you could say like Lutheran churches, even within Lutheran churches, you have everything from very like traditional religious ceremonies all the way over to like just easygoing people. They're like, yeah, I come to church on Sunday and I'm a Christian on Sunday. And like that's really all they commit to or no. And I'm not judging any of that because I'm not talking about you know, the, the Christian values or the Christian principles that were instilled in me. I'm just talking about the importance of having beliefs, you know, network marketing, something they always said was, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And it, it really is that, that is really how it works. So to me, it's not so much about the religion that I was brought up with, or even the, the fact that my parents taught me spirituality. I'm not sure that they did, but they did teach me the importance of beliefs and standing on something. Like the whole Christian thing is multi-generational. My grandparents were clearly Christians as well and, and believe in Christians and that. So like I'm, I have my own spiritual path and I'm walking it and I'm, I'm not any less or any more 
uh, believing of the Christian faith. I guess I've just kind of seen expanded viewpoint from where I stand right now versus where I was. And that expanded viewpoint uh, helps me to see so much more of how the world works in a way. Right. You know, and I think this is a great topic that we can actually hit on uh, later down the road. Uh, you know, the topic of religion is a topic I know me and you've had extensive yeah. conversations on, and it's something I'd love to bring to the table here. Um, but, you know, we'll try to keep it a little bit less uh, open. We'll try to keep it a little generic right now, and maybe create a little suspense for the listeners for the next couple episodes. Yeah, here. and keep the shouting match till later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we'll keep that. And, and, you know, that's where I think uh, a lot of people uh, go to war, too, right? So over it's it. true. So, you know, we're in the same room here, so we'll definitely be civil. Um, but, you know, it is true, right? I mean, uh, even what you just said right now, you're on your own spiritual path. And then you're right. And that's one of the things my parents, uh, you know, pushed me and my sister to do, right? And they don't get really deep into religion. I know my dad tries to tell us stuff about it. And we'll, I'll listen to what he has to say. And, you know, I appreciate it. And they've watched all these religious movies and, and all these diff- different dramas and TV shows. And, and, you know, within that, there is some good, good within it as well right i mean it's it's being grounded it's like reading a book instead of reading it you're watching something visually about what that book was saying right so there's just so many different ways to take in that information you know about god or religion but one of the things i did also get from my parents uh, with uh, religion aspect as well is to respect other people's religions and viewpoints right because Mm. um you know not everybody is religious and there are atheists out there that you know that say there is no god and there's people out there that say uh you know science is God or, or, or there's you know what I mean kind of the science is king there is no such thing as God either so you know I, I respect both sides of the argument I will listen to both sides of the argument and in some parts of me I probably believe in both sides of the argument right I mean if you look clearly enough you could probably see that but I think that's something we should uh, definitely save for a a later topic before we get really deep into this and we stop calling this uh, topic 10 things I learned from my yeah. parents and I will say and I will say this it's actually a very fascinating story my my dad like when we moved to Japan we were part of a particular church so my dad before he he passed on he kind of had membership in, in that church too that, that can mean different things I have no idea because I was still very young but uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure exactly what that membership embodied but baptism is something that occurs in many different faiths in Christianity it does some would even say it's biblical and by that I mean like it's in the Bible it's true it's something we adhere to or a principle or a ceremony that we observe so you know what he he hosted a weekly like bible study group and uh, there was a lady that wanted to be baptized now the church came back to him and said if you baptize her we have to excommunicate you like cut you off from the church so he he had a decision to make about whether or not to go ahead and baptize that lady and ultimately his decision was yes he was going to do it but again, keeping in mind the cultural context, like it's very different culture in Japan than here. Here, baptism is something that probably occurs, you know, multiple times a year, if not every day of the year, <laughs> depending on depending on the church and, and your faith. Some people probably get multiplied, uh, baptized multiple times. Multiplied, that's an interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that's a new word for her, uh, our dictionary too. <laughs> yeah, that's a new word. Some people do full immersion. Some people do sprinkling, whatever. There's just different thoughts and different ideas on it but in the case of of my dad it it had certain repercussions when he went ahead with it right you know and uh, just kind of on that too right I mean you're right I mean we learned a lot from our parents and I think like I said earlier like a lot of the things that they did help shape who we are today right yes Uh, either in 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 uh, following the same path or following the exact opposite path right it's it's a decision we both make and I think even our listeners make uh, based on how their parents and their belief system was right I know I'm, I'm, I've met a lot of people who have grown up Catholic and and you know not really I, I understand what the Catholic faith is about and have changed over Christianity right after they've kind of uh, learned a little bit more about Christianity and to me I always felt that they were very similar but I guess they felt that there were still enough differences to to change over and be a Christian versus a Catholic right so I mean throughout culture cultural differences you'll see that people will change right um, and you know and these are things that I've learned from my parents as well because you know growing up in a Hindu household you know I I, was, I have seen my dad you know reading 
you know, the, uh, the uh, Bible. I've seen my dad reading books on Buddhism mm. and stuff. And these are things that I've also picked up on books on Buddhism and book, you know, I've picked up the Bible and I've read that too, because, you know, in order for me to understand what the whole argument is about or understand what God is about, then I need to understand it from all sides, right? I know a lot of people say, well, no, just pick up the one book and that should be your faith. But I think on a planet with 7 billion people, there's really, you know, one of the things my parents taught me was don't just isolate your mind, you know, and think in a, in a box allow yourself to grow right now they may not yeah they may not fully believe that themselves i think my dad's a little bit more believing of that than my mom is sometimes but i think that's just their personality of difference right just the way they grew up in their households and how they've also become too right but the the common thread they share is they haven't pushed you know that the religion down our throats uh the way that you've seen like some hardcore people do right they've they've asked us to join the different ceremonies and you know and 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 sometimes there is a great reason to do it because it is a nice spiritual side of it, it being feeling connected, you know. And I've gone to, um, you know, different ch- uh, churches in Calgary as well, right? Just because I was mm-hmm. at one point looking for ways to how could I understand God, right? Because I don't understand some of the different, uh, you know, languages out there. It's like Sanskrit. I don't understand it. It's not something that I'm very familiar with. I didn't grow up with it, but I can understand English. And, you know, when I went to churches, they were talking in English, right? So plain language I can understand. And what I would do is just really substitute words in my mind, right? I can substitute the word Jesus for God. I can understand, I can, I can substitute it for, uh, you know, principles. I can understand I can substitute the name for anything. His at that point, that's not why I was there. I wasn't to, there to learn about Jesus, although I did learn about who he was. Uh, but it also allowed me to expand my mind and really understand my own culture that I come from uh, in a positive way, right? Yeah, and similarly, like I've studied Tao Te Ching, I've looked into Law of Attraction, Kabbalahism, even things. I mean, multiple different religious or philosophical beliefs. And, and I would say that I've more, more often than not benefited from looking into things outside of what may have been my scope before than, than not exploring at all. So I agree. I, I, I like that. Uh, it's not a teaching that I learned from my parents, but something you learned from your parents, which is cool. Yeah, man. And I think, and this is the whole idea, right? The reason I wanted to bring up this idea was because, you know, there's things that I can learn from your parents by having this conversation. There's these things that you can learn from my parents, right? So the idea is to help our listeners, you know, learn from the principles of, you know, through conversation, not only from our parents, but have these conversations with your own spouse and say, hey, you know what, what are the five things that you learned from your mom Mm. and dad? You know, I'll tell you five things I learned from my mom and dad or stepdad or whatever. And then they can have those conversations as well, right? And these are the conversations that we're encouraging. You know, like our last episode, we're talking about 10 to 15 hours of time is on social media. Take Mm. some of that time away from social media and explore these type of questions because that's a huge thing. Love it. Yeah. And maybe just think about what were the positives from your parents? Like we so often fight with them or, or think negatively of them, but maybe using your power in a different way by thinking about what was it that was taught to me that was positive and, and actually made me the person I am today in a good way. That's right. You know, and kind of a nice transition to what you're saying. You know, one of the things, and you probably had the same conversation, right? Uh, one of my th- things my parents told me was, you know, choose my friends wisely. You know, as I was growing up, that was one of the biggest things I used to hear because, you know, you know you'd know, you hang out with the, you know, certain kids on your block. You know, as a, as a kid, you don't really think about who you're hanging out with. You just see them as a, a kid and that's just playing with you and you're doing stuff together and you're riding your bike and you're, you know, you're creating mischief in your own little way. But your parents see See things a little bit differently, right? They can see this this other kid that you're playing with in a really different light, uh, maybe based on their own experiences of people with uh, similar backgrounds or similar personalities as this kid that you're playing with, right? And they can kind of see where that might take you later in life, right? So, I mean, my parents would tell me this uh, about schools, like pick your pick your friends wisely in school, pick your friends wisely in life, pick your friends wisely in business, and you know, those are the people that are gonna eventually teach you your morals because again like we said in the last episode i think you said it was you know the top five people you hang out with are the Mm. top five people you end up being like so those are the same people that are going to teach you the morals right so these are things that my parents uh, also told me is like you know find that and uh and, and whatnot 
Such a great principle. <laughs> Something I don't know if my parents talked about it in in that specific way, but it's it's true. It's very powerful. It's very empowering to think about things that way. Choosing wisely, I guess. Certainly in the context of like alcohol, drugs, hanging out with the wrong crowd, that kind of thing. I do seem to recall right. Some and you know, that and that's way. and that's a great thing. I think your parents taught you because again, same thing, right? If you chose to be a smoker, what would happen to you? Yeah, I guess, you know, maybe it's a fast, fast track to death. <laughs> right, it can be, <laughs> or right? Or cancer or whatever. Right. And and if you had chosen to follow the kid that smokes, that could have been your thing. And, you know, you may have, if your kid that was smoking got into something a little different, you may have tried it because that, again, is your friend. You know, and friends are the most uh, easiest people to connect to. Those are the people that also, yeah. you know, uh, show you who you can be in a positive or negative way as well, right? So true. Yeah. Uh, I'll get into my point here about chivalry. That's something that my mom definitely taught me. And I, it's it's really a reflection of how she wanted to be treated ultimately. But she was teaching me to treat all women that way too. And, and she was training me all along to think about, you know, opening doors or standing up when a woman comes into the room and, and things like that. There, there are some things I've since learned, like people often confuse. So like with, with chivalry, you're uh, the man's not supposed to go into the ele- uh, elevator after the woman. He's supposed to go in first to check and make sure there's no danger and then welcome the woman in. So those, those are some of the things uh, I know it's, it's a very like intellectual, just forgive me cause I'm very brainy, but like <laughs> those are some of the things people sometimes get wrong about chivalry. So you're saying the idea of ladies first is not necessarily correct. It's not true in every situation, certainly opening doors for women. Absolutely. But there are also situations like we, walking down the street i think this one's common sense everybody knows the man's supposed to walk closest to the curb and the woman on the inside of the curb in case a car jumps the the curb that one's fairly common sense but there are actually non-common sense uh, like the one i just mentioned the aspects to chivalry like when going into an elevator that seems like it would just be the same rules as going through a door right but it's not you would go in first as a man to make sure there's no danger and if if somebody would get to get hurt first you'd be the one so i i know in in our quote-unquote enlightened society i guess chivalry is not as popular uh as as it used to be but it's certainly something that that my ex appreciated about me well, for sure, right? And I mean, I think any good person or any good, you know, human being wants to show appreciation to other, you know, men or women, right? So there's there's no reason just to be chivalrous towards one particular sex. There's nothing no. wrong with opening a door for another man. Absolutely. And saying, you know what, please go through first. There's nothing wrong with it, right? I think the idea of it is, in that case, is definitely got geared more towards women, uh, for men to be polite to women and respect women and, and show them that, uh, you know, that we are there for them, that we appreciate them, right? Um, but, you know, I, used, I remember taking a course... It's a good way in, of looking at it. Yeah, I remember taking a course in Mont Royal there, uh, in Mont Royal college when I went there before it became a university but that was one of the things that I learned in one of the classes I took and again I always wondered is it dead you know how many people do you see doing these things right I mean more and more I think with the woman power movement you know they're, they're you know it's move the women forward first we're just as good right so men I think tend to forget sometimes that we still need to open doors for our ladies and our women and our wives and and the people that we want to court right and even if it's another man you know I don't judge anybody on their uh, sexual no. orientation and if you have another man in your life or if you have another woman in your life and you're a woman that's okay and if, if you want to open that door for each other and that's kind of what I meant right it's that I think I don't think it has a sexual orientation yes. on it I think no, it's great yeah, it should have a respect orientation on it, right? Um, so, and I love that concept that your parents taught you because it's not something that is taught as much anymore. Uh, I think, especially more and more now with social media, you don't see those things. You see more people laughing at somebody holding a door open for a, you know, if I hold the door open for somebody, someone might laugh at me and say, like, yeah, look at this, you know, whipped guy over there, right? He's whipped. He's doing this for his woman. You know, she should be this. You know, it's that uh, reverse empowerment, right? I'm actually being empowered by my wife when I open a door. And I think that's what your, your dad yeah. taught you by the visuals of, of you seeing him open the door for your mom, right? The more he did for her, the more they got closer in their relationship and they brought more to that relationship, I think, as well and as they continued forward into it. 
That could be. Yeah. And, and then the one downside that maybe I learned from, from the whole chivalry thing was like, I'm melancholy personality, introverted, sensitive, intuitive, all those kinds of things. So for me, sometimes it was like this bad habit of just putting myself last in everything that I did and not just like, not just in aspects of treating someone well. So that was the one downside to it. But, you know, recognizing that is like an important stepping stone for me to, well, you know, this whole thing's pretty therapeutic. So... (laughs) For sure, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong, to be honest, man. I, I love the idea uh, of being kind of old school and having the wisdom. And there's those dogs that we're so talking they about. Are, yeah. might be able to hear them <laughs> now. Um, but, you know, it's being kind of old school and having that old wisdom within yourself. And, and I think it's connecting to something that, you know, people aren't connecting to anymore, right? I think it is connecting to the a place within us that just wants to see are you know are significant others happy right because we're doing things for them absolutely yeah yeah i learned to do a lot of things for other people through that too so it's it's very interesting i I mean you know it's caused some imbalance but that's for me to figure out and to work on so uh, that's, those are some really great points, Mav. What, what do you got next? Awesome. So, you know, one of the things I learned from my parents was about money as well. And, you mm. know, um, because they had their own businesses, uh, you know, my dad came in 75 to Canada. My mom came in, I believe 77, if I remember correctly, uh, you know, had me in 78 and, you know, they had their own business by that time. I mentioned in previous, uh, episodes that they had purchased a home and they had started investment property. So they really taught me about money and trying to build something, right? You know, you'll see immigrants in this country and in the US that you know they come from countries where they don't have any money and they come here and they build wealth and that's kind yes. of the thing one of the things they taught me uh, about money is like go and work hard for it and it will come to you but one of the things they taught me within that concept of working hard for your money was that the money that I made when I grew up was not my money and it's an odd concept to think about. I work 40 hours a week at, you know, uh, to make money and, and put it in my bank account and that's really not my money. It's their money as well. It's mm. family money. So all the money that my sister was making, my dad and my mom were making was a combined net income for the whole house. You know, it, it's kind of like um, th- we would help each other. So if my dad said, hey, I need to go buy a car, I don't have enough money or I don't want to use the money I have right now because I have it for something else and he would need to take something from me, I would give it to him. You know, he would give it to me, so why would I not give it to him? He helped me buy my first car. It was family money that bought my first car. You know, I paid him money, the money back right away uh, as quickly as I could, but because that's how I felt as a man to be, you know, as a responsible human being, as a man, not to take advantage of my parents but putting that money back into the family where that money belongs right if I grew up under their household then I wanted to be a contributor right and I think that might come from their upbringing in India right I mean they have a family it's close-knit they're tight together and everything is shared all the responsibilities are shared so I think that was one of the things they learned and taught about money to me and my sister and even to this day this is exactly how we live with the money even though I don't live in the same house as my parents my sister doesn't uh, anymore but we still act that way as if my dad ever says hey I need you to pay this bill for me absolutely that bill is getting paid because in the end what they taught us was that the family money that we have today would be the same money that they pass on when they pass on to my sister and myself so the wealth that they created with our help as well as their own you know hard work would eventually be passed on generationally that's really interesting and and not really something that I've heard of before but I I love that too just you you know you have you're thinking about how to spend your money wisely and use it wisely as a tool within your family so that's really cool I think some of the things that I learned about money early on was just like responsibility my mom got uh helped me get signed up for a bank account when i was still pretty young because you know we had a pretty big inheritance from my dad passing on so then i became an earlier overseer and manager of of that inheritance uh not all of it my grandpa was looking after the investment side of it but i had some playroom obviously (laughs) and uh Another another aspect to that was just that my mom charged both myself and my sister rent. So then we had that responsibility very early on of, of paying rent to, to my mom. Right. And, and do you mind me asking what she did with the rent money, David? 
I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, that's fair. And the only reason I ask is not not in a mean way or anything, because I know I've heard of uh, where f- families and parents will, you know, say, for example, collect $100 or $300 or $400 in rent each month, and they'll take that same money and put it aside and put it into a bank account. Now, I know your mom being a single mom at that time, uh, I'm assuming she was single at that time, um, yeah. uh, you know, and not had moved on after that, but was able to maybe then use that money for household expenses, right? So in reality, I think she kind of taught you the same thing that your ma- your money was family money. Yeah. Uh, if you look at it that way, she just put a, a title of rent on it. Uh, you know what I mean? I put that in quotations, but you, I think she would have still let you live in the same home without you paying rent, if I'm, if I'm correct. Well, certainly if we didn't have that inheritance, I don't think we would have been charged it in the first place, but that's a whole other maybe because knowing my dad, he maybe he would have charged us rent. Right, fair enough. And, and again, I know, um, and it may have been again, like you said, a way to teach responsibility, right, and teach you how you know that the real world is out there. Because you know, I've come and I've seen this with my own friends. They hit eighteen years old. I've you know, and they're out the out the door at their family's place, and they're you know renting their own places, or they're looking to buy right away something, and you know, and sometimes that's what parents feel is the responsibility of theirs is to get their kids to eighteen in school or out of school, uh, and move them on into the real world and, and and a lot of parents feel that they've done their job once they've done that and there's nothing wrong in that feel in that uh, way of thinking or teaching because that's a lot of times what they their parents did for them it got them to 18 and made them responsible and we do see lots and lots of millionaires uh, you know business owners that have gone through that and have made you know huge differences in this world because they've had their parents push them out into uh, beyond their comfort zone and, and go into the world and start creating Creating something because now they had to find a way to be responsible, to live, to create uh, money for their family, and maybe their their wife or kids if they had any as well at, at those younger ages. Yes, absolutely. I, I love that perspective. I'm going to talk now a little bit about, well, I guess this is kind of a cultural thing in a way. It, it, it's almost, it, it's kind of fun too. My, this is something my dad always said, you need a car in Canada. <laughs> to kind of understand this properly is, you know, we lived in Japan and I guess I'm, I'm assuming my dad must have had some other international exposure as well. But like somewhere like Japan and even Germany, the the public transit system is so good and the roads are, uh, you know, have so much traffic on them. They're, it's not worth taking. Like it's almost better to walk, take a train, take a bus, do a combination thereof. You get some exercise. It takes a little longer to get around, but still very efficient and very fast. So probably even compared to ha- owning a car in a place like Japan, which might have certain advantages, but it was almost like a status symbol if you owned it and didn't even always use it. it was if you live in Canada though, like we're so spread out, Calgary is a city that suffers from urban sprawl. You know, it might be a concept that's foreign to some people listening to this, but the whole thing is we have, you know, 1.5 million people or something like that, maybe a little less, maybe a little more spread out over a huge amount of land. You know, you could have it can more, a little more condensed, a little more packed in by building up. And we're finally starting to build up in some areas of Calgary, but we, we built, we kept building out to the point where, you know, driving across town could be 45 minutes, an hour, maybe longer, depending on where you're trying to get to. No, you make a good point. You know, it's funny. One of the things I heard, and I don't know how true this is, but I've heard that uh, Calgary has the same square footage of New York. Have you heard that before? I haven't, but that sounds about right. Yeah, I've heard that they have the same square footage, but we have obviously a tenth or even less of the population, right? So uh, you're right. It is something to say how we've grown outwards and not upwards, yeah. uh, you know, and I think any successful uh, city, I mean, Calgary is a very successful city, but that's, I think, part of the thinking now is to start building upwards because how much further out can you keep building before you start running into different towns and, and different uh, uh, you know, other people's, you know, ranches or farmland or whatnot. And then you start gobbling all that up too, right? So the idea of having more condos, uh, something we cover uh, as well on uh, our episode three as well with our purchasing uh, home as well, right? So part of that is you're going to go into getting condos and whatnot too. So um, 
You're right, but I just thought I'd kind of throw that in there with the the idea of uh, how big Calgary was uh, and comparative to other places. Yeah, and it's it's also this whole idea of like I have family and friends within like a four mount, four four hour radius of of Calgary, so you know they're also spread out. So how do you get there without a car? I mean, you can take a Greyhound bus or something like that, but gosh, I mean, you know, most of us just kind of shake our heads at the thought or cringe at the thought because of how much time that might take or doing an overnight bus trip or, you know, spending time next to somebody you don't really want to sit next to for however long uh, just to get to get to where you want to go. So it's much harder here. Uh, we don't have public transit to the extent that some countries do. And it's not, I mean, some people might pipe in about pollution or, or greenhouse emissions. I mean, if you look at Ca- uh, Calgary or Canada in general, you'll you'll see that uh, we have a pretty clean country overall. No, for sure. You know, and that's actually a very interesting, uh, I mean, perspective that your dad uh, taught you was uh, you need a car in Canada, right? I don't yeah. think my parents ever brought that up. I, you know, for me, I think, and I'm thinking about it, I think it was almost like a given that you needed a car. I don't think it was ever even mentioned or even talked about. Uh, I think, you know, growing up in North America, it's almost a a thing where you you're entitled to having a car, you know that you're you have that entitlement feeling, right, of having a car. So, uh, you know, some people will buy a car that's super expensive, and some people won't. Which is either way is fine; doesn't really matter. Whatever your finances allow you to do, you should do, um, and then make the right choices for you, right. But I don't think that was really ever taught. So to me, that's a pretty interesting idea because when I think yeah. about it, it's very true, right. In order to get around anywhere nowadays, especially if you're in the city, you want to go to work. You know, especially if you're working that nine to five type job, you need a car typically. Or if you're taking the bus, it does take a lot more time to get around, right? We have a, a C train, something that people may be uh, familiar with. It's just, or may not be, right? It's just kind of like a, a above ground subway system, right? Uh, versus an underground subway system. So, um, but that's something we have as well, right? So, but those things take time to get around, right? And so do cars. And I think you bring up a great uh, idea as well about the greenhouse emissions as well, right? That cars can create uh, or even other forms of transportation can create, right? But uh, that's a very interesting concept. And I think, you know, with the... uh, the ability to have a vehicle it allows you like you said to leave on different trips you know i can go into bc or i can go uh, into the us or anywhere i want to go god forbid i don't know quite why i'd want to drive in saskatchewan but you know what maybe one day i'll find a reason to go into saskatchewan and i did I, as a band there you go and i know i've heard they have great lakes so i'm not saying anything bad against uh, against the area just right now i have no reason to right but i've heard they have great lakes out there great boating out there so maybe one day i can take my car out there and really find out what the province is about right but so true yeah but i think it allows you to do different things as which is an as an amazing thing because i've never really thought of a, a car in that way i think i've known about it but until you've said that's what your parents taught you that's kind of neat yeah it's really interesting what do you got next for us Matt? uh you know one of the things i think i learned from my parents was just kind of not something they told me uh, it was something I kind of watched them uh, <clears throat> do when I was uh, growing up. So totally. one of the things I saw was that they worked hard. They had their own business. They worked very hard. They worked smart. Um, and, and sometimes they made bad choices in the business, right? And that's what happens in business. Sometimes you make good choices and bad choices and you deal with the consequences of those choices, right? I mean, so true. Uh, especially if you've never done business in Canada coming from another country, you may not understand how to do business with with people in this country, right? And people in this in Canada may take advantage of you when you are a newcomer to this country, uh, when you want to do business with them, right? So, uh, I mean, there's things that you learn. I mean, these are different conversations we can get into as well. Um, but one of the things, again, I learned from us taking chances, right? Uh, and growing up now and watching those principles that they had in place allows me to see the things now that my parents say to me. Like my mom will always say to me, you you know, go do what you want to do, be successful in what you want to be successful in. And, you know, you have our support regardless of if you fail or not. So, I mean, they're showing me and telling me it doesn't matter. Go take a chance, go work for what I want in life and what you and what anybody wants in life. Right? I think, you know, that's one thing I find is really neat. They have the support system there. And if I was to fail that I could always 
lean back on my parents. So that's one of the things I've always been able to watch them in, in the when I was a kid and now have them say to me as I'm growing up and, and pursuing different uh, venues of, of different ways to make money and different business ventures that we're looking to put together over the next year or two years here. But it's just kind of neat to see that, you know, I always know that if I ever fail, you know, I got my wife behind me. My wife has our my mom and my dad, you know, which is our parents. We have my mother-in-law. We have my sister. You know, we have all this tight group knit of a family. That's just the immediate family, you know, and, and that's not even saying how many friends we have and other, uh, you know, second family members like cousins and whatnot that would come in and help us too if anything ever happened, right? But I think that's all began right with that family circle. Uh, that's another really amazing principle as well. I don't think we're often taught to take risks in the average household, <laughs> or maybe we are in some ways, but you know, there's so much negativity associated with risk a lot of the time, you know, feelings of anxiety or feelings of fear, or, you know, this might not work out. And, and so a lot of people tend to play it safe, but I like that, you know, the culture of risk taking. Right. Well, you know, it's the same thing, right? I mean, if you're a business, you're, you have your own uh, business right now, you know, you've been podcasting, blogging, and you, you do that, the same thing you blog for, you write for other uh, publications as well. And, yeah. you know, and I think that is all about risks, risks taking and business risk as well, right? Because you're going out there and it may not be something that your parents taught you. It's maybe something you learned yourself, but I think the idea of watching your parents, you know, if you put some thought into it, you'd probably see that they took a risk coming to this country, uh, you know, to talking to our speakers or talking to yourself, David, as well, that you can see that they took a risk by going to a different country and taking the kids their kids with them that's a huge risk and when you start thinking about the risks that they took and the things that they taught you saying you know what we moved you know my parents taught me the same thing they moved from another country to Canada your parents left Canada and moved to a different country there's a huge risk involved with that not knowing oh, yeah. what's going to come next and I think when we look at it and explore that with our own thoughts and time of reflection we can really see how you know how can you fail learning those principles from your parents because they didn't fail? You know, they took the right steps. Maybe they had fell upon hard times. Well, that's a different thing, you know, but they kept going. They kept working. They kept working hard and smart. And, and, and you know, I know my parents went through uh, bankruptcies and, and whatnot, but they always found a way to put food on our table, you know, and that but you, my sister, how to be stronger, right? Just like your parents, like, you know, uh, and I'm going to go into this and I apologize if I say something, uh, you know, over the line, but I think even through w when your dad passed away, I think you had the ability to learn from that as well and what it takes and the risk that your mom had to take to now raise her own two kids, right? And, and the things that she had to do and get stronger and be stronger. So then you guys could turn out stronger. Well, people have even said to me things like, you know, you live a fairly unique life. Well, something like podcasting and blogging is perfect for being able to share that with others. Like, maybe I do live an interesting life. I don't know. But it's just kind of what I've always done. It was like what was written on my heart before I was even born in a way is like what I was meant to do. Uh, still finding that thing in a way too. But I think, you know, I'm, I'm headed in that in that direction. So that's great. And I'm going to tie that in with, with this thing of work, work ethic. Uh, a lot of people sort of that get to know me attribute that partly to my Asian upbringing in Japan. Sure. I totally could see that because they're, I think there's this idea of like shadow work in Japan where people will put in a ton of effort behind the scenes, but you won't see it out front. You'll see it in some ways. Like, you know, if a lot of Japanese take pride in, in their health and uh, their appearance. So you will see that manifested, but you don't see the effort that's gone into getting there. Whereas we in North America like to brag about it. You talked about Instagram, I think last episode and how people just want to show off their bodies on Instagram. Uh, you know, we're bragging about it, but Japan's not really like that. You know, this, this shadow work, all this effort that goes in behind the scenes, still, I think it does need to be rewarded, but it, it sort of comes down from this idea that, that Tim Ferriss has expressed as well, where like if a nail sticks up, it's pounded down, you know, you're supposed to conform. There's supposed to be unity within Japan. There's supposed to be community within Japan. So it leans a little bit more in that direction culturally as well as well as politically. But work ethic, yes, learned from Japan also, but my dad was such a huge influence in that too. And he was doing, 
he was doing videos. I think he sent over 100 back to Canada in the time that we were living in Japan to both his parents as well as my, my mom's parents. So my grandparents received, you know, dozens of videos, homemade videos that he created. He would record random Japanese TV shows or commercials, and he would also record, you know, us uh, having Christmas or uh, just some thoughts. He would always, you know, I think begin and end uh, videos with just like a monologue, sharing about what was going on and what was happening and what he was thinking. He, uh, he would set up the family website. So <laughs> like this is the super early days of the internet and he'd already set up a, a family website, which at the time would have been pretty pretty unusual he practiced the trumpet he would engage in, in tons of study in in bibles and theology in in belief systems and religion so a huge part of what i've carried forward my fascination with computers oh i guess my dad even had a, a book partially written and not published or something like that too but uh so so the, my fascination with a lot of those things came from that that as well from observing him. I wasn't like him, so I don't think he liked that much about me. <laughs> but I, you know, in time, I found my way. Well, you know, it's funny you say that about the work ethic of your dad. And a lot of things that I pick up you're saying are a lot of the things I see in your work ethic and the wanted to, you know, learning different instruments, maybe not the trumpet so much, but you've not learned the trumpet, yeah. lots of different instruments and you know, writing a book, and I know you've put out a book, and you're working on your second book here, and, yep. uh, you know, recording, and you record yourself, and he was recording, and you guys both have the similarity of websites, and getting information to people. His more was on the family end of things, and, you know, you're you're looking to get information to a community, right, just like I am. We're, we're looking to build that community, which is, in, in essence, a family, so if you look at it, his work ethic, to me, looks very similar to the work ethic you put in, and, and I see, like, huge principles in what you learned in work ethic being applied back to yourself, right? So, you know, it's very it, true. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, I'm thinking about this and I apologize if I say this wrongly, but, <laughs> you know, I, I would have actually loved to meet your dad because I yeah. would love to see his, uh, his personality and what your personality is like and uh, really get a feel for how similar or different you guys really were. Because, you know, I, I feel just from what everything you've said is that you carry a a huge legacy of who he is probably within you and you probably don't even know about it so yeah. you know i think that's one of the things that maybe you took away from the things that you've you know learned from your dad without even maybe knowing it so if i can say that i hope it's okay yeah sure no i think that's great i, I don't think we were actually all that similar believe it or not he i loved sports he wasn't really into them i actively went out and played and watched them he probably wouldn't watch or play sports even though my uncles were kind of more into that so his brothers would have been more more into that uh, but you know maybe in other ways that were hard to see we'd be similar to so i can you know there i, I can all definitely see the dis dis dissimilarities but similarities sure Absolutely. And, you know, and one of the cool thing is, you know, with work ethic, you know, that's one thing I learned from my parents as well. I think mm. all the things that we've talked about, especially work ethic, is something that everybody will learn from a, a parent or a guardian or even a teacher in school, right? I mean, sometimes that's sometimes the best parent sometimes is the teacher because sometimes, as we know, a lot of times now people aren't growing up with parents in the household. Unfortunately, parents are spending True. a lot of time at work and don't have the time to, to give back to their kids, right? So, their uh, kids have to find different ways, right? And other people's work ethic is stronger, right? Especially, I know our last uh, um, podcast, we're talking about, you know, different podcasters that you can learn learn from as well, right? And that's work ethics that you can take from, you know, if there's nobody at home, right? I know uh, we don't, I don't always necessarily look up to my parents as my uh, mentors. You know, I, I do have other people, you know, in sports, for example, my parents don't play sports anymore. My mom used to be a track and field guy. Oh, wow girl but she's not into that anymore right she she's not into running anymore she, you know she's in her 60s now and uh, that's just not her lifestyle right but uh, my dad wasn't a, a sports watcher growing up right uh, when we were growing up he was more focused on the work ethic of getting his business going right which allowed 
us to my me and my sister when I say us uh, to grow up and enjoy sports like basketball and you know we grew up in the era watching Michael Jordan play and 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 you know Larry Bird and, and some of Magic Johnson not a lot but we got to watch some of the best players in that era play and now we've been able to also watch some of the best players in this era play yeah. because these are the things that his work ethic uh, allowed us to enjoy right so I think there's a uh, something to be said about other your parents work ethic and what it allows you to enjoy you know the freedom it allows you to enjoy as well yeah absolutely and i think we're on to our our last couple of points so moving you want to start us off so the the other one i got was uh owning your own business you know uh the reason i say this is one of the things i learned from my parents it's funny um Probably about three months ago now, there was a commercial on TV um, that I saw. I think it was by the Royal Bank, and it was during the Olympics. And uh, they would sh- they had shown this girl. She was she's going back to her home country, which happened to be India. And then she she was going back to their home instead of growing up in the commercial. And uh, you know, and, and she goes through all the struggle that her parents had gone through to to where she is now. And and it made me think back to the same struggle because again, it was an easy connecting point. My parents came from India. So so it was easy for me to connect to that commercial and really think about all the things that my parents had done. And the first thing they had they had learned from my, their parents was to have their own business because both my granddads had their own business back in India. And one of the things I learned was when they came here, they started their own business here in Canada. So one of the things I, I, I thought about was, you know, I've always been taught in school to go to school and get a job, but never was it to get uh, an education right and then start my own business it was always get an education to work for somebody else so that's one of the things that I learned from them just by again watching them not necessarily something they sat me down and told me about but really seeing that they had their own business right and, and that's what they pursued they didn't really go work for somebody else and let them control they controlled the amount of time they put into their own business and the effort they put in and even the results they got from it good or bad because there was a lot of bad results and there was a lot of good results right um, uh, so that's one of the things I learned from my parents, and that's kind of where I am in my life now. It's it's you know really focus on having my own business and really progressing that forward in life as well, right? And you know if it means working for somebody else, absolutely I would do that. Uh, potentially as a consultant now versus as a, an employee. And if it means I have to go back to be an employee, I'm not gonna let my ego stop me. I would go back as an empl- as an employee for anybody, but as long as I can take something from it and then put that back into the idea of owning my own business absolutely it's another really fantastic principle and i can totally see that drive in you as well like you're the one i mean i want to get this podcast out too uh, uh, just as much as you do but you're the one to say hey are we recording are we recording are we gonna record today yeah <laughs> you're texting me yeah can we record now's the time to record man <laughs> yeah i know sometimes i forget you got other stuff to do and and, and i know you got your own business as well and yeah. and you got to make sure that business is running smoothly and all the things are done in that business before me and you can get together because right now right. this is not a, a monetary um Pursuit. business venture for you right it's not a bit monetary business venture for me right now what we're doing is really just putting on information and seeing what people think and really just trying to spread the word and get this idea out to the masses that you know there's so many great things around you that if you just take a minute to realize it you'll see all the goodness within yourself that potentially your parents have put into you or some other sort of guardian or, you know, even musician has put into you. You know, we don't have to limit this to parents. In this episode, I know we are. And potentially down the road, we'll also look at maybe 10 musicians who've influenced you. And maybe we'll look at, you know, yeah, 10 actors. And maybe we'll look at 10 books. And, you know, but in this particular way, I think it's just really a cool way of looking at it, right? And I'm going to keep messaging you every day and saying, hey, let's record. And, you you know, the idea, my my ultimate goal one day would be so we can start recording two, three, four times and, and, and putting out three, four, five episodes a week, right? Because right. Yeah. And giving people something to really think about. But I mean, only our listeners can tell us if that's what they want. Absolutely. And I see this. I totally see the potential for it. I think we have a good chemistry on, on the mics. And I think there's good potential for traffic to our individual product projects products and websites and i think there's already been some good comments about the the show as well so 
I think, you know, we we're always looking to expand that and grow that, but it, it, it's cool to see that initial traction of, of the project that we're working on together as well. I'll get into my last point. And I think this occurred about 10 years ago now, I want to say 2007. It was kind of my first time down to uh, Oregon and not California, because I'd been to California before, but it was sort of a vacation of sorts with, with my mom and my stepdad. So we were going to drive down to California where some of my stepdad's uh, kids are and for graduation and, and a few other things like that. So we'd, we'd driven all the way through like Idaho and we stopped in Sandpoint. My mom noticed that it was a cool place, hip place, happening place for like uh, music. Like pretty much every bar there has has live music. And this is pretty cool. And so I was like, this place is pretty cool. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> like she knowingly, right? <laughs> so we stopped in Sandpoint. We stopped in uh, Ritzville. It's a kind of a, a small place in Washington, I'm pretty sure. And we had, uh, of all things, Mexican food there. It's quite good. <laughs> and, then, and then we proceeded down to Portland. So, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of nothing for a while on that road. If you've made that trip, maybe Mav, you've made it down too because of network marketing to Portland, but we've driven out to Portland. I honestly can't remember the whole drive, uh, to be honest, but yeah, I have been down to Portland for a network uh, marketing event. There you go. Yeah. So like it was, it was springtime, I guess probably about May or June. So, you know, Portland, it's rainy. So everything is green. It's just amazing, incredible. And, uh, first time seeing Columbian river gorge and Mount hood together. And it's, there's just nothing like it. I mean, we have, we do have some amazing things here in Alberta too, like the hoodoo or the rivers and various sites that the mountains too but like this this was nothing like i'd seen before and that was pretty pretty incredible too but you know eventually we'd made our way down to california and i think we'd we'd attended at the a church at the crystal cathedral uh it's a very famous landmark at this point i don't know if it's still i'm assuming it's still standing but i think they were having some financial troubles at that church recently and uh, i think robert schuler passed away not long ago as well but we were, we went to lunch afterwards and I'd kind of broken down and they were like, what's wrong? <laughs> and it, there was, there was a bunch of things, but I, I just felt like as, uh, the, the reality was dawning on me that like, no matter where you travel, even though like you might be feeling like a different person for a while, really, you just take yourself with you. Derek Sivers had that comment before on the podcast and I totally resonate with that. You just take yourself, your habits, your beliefs, everything with you wherever you go, even though it might be new and different and, and like paradigm shifting for a while, eventually you settle in and you just be yourself again. Uh, and that's, and that was kind of hitting me. So I was, I was just kind of disillusioned about, I don't feel like I'm connecting with my generation and making friends and, and I feel like I'm kind of alone in this whole thing. And, and so I shared that, uh, you know, as difficult as, as it was, along with some other things, just like family issues and whatnot with my mom and my stepdad. And one of the things my mom said was a burden shared is a burden halved. So I've, I've definitely taken that with me ever since just that, you know, you might be hurting, you might have a lot of pain, there might be something going on on the inside that you don't know what to do with. But if you share it with someone that you trust, and, and somebody that cares for you, then there's an opportunity for that burden to be lessened. And, and that's just an amazing thing. Wow, that's an amazing story, actually. I wasn't sure you were going to get into that, so that's kind of cool. And I think that is a huge lesson that your mom shared with you. And, you know, I think the, having the ability to talk to people is huge, right? And I think uh, and that's kind of the thing that people do nowadays, unfortunately, is not talk to the people that they need to talk to to help them get through stuff or they go on, you know, some sort of pharmaceutical and, and right. they're, they're taught to just deal with the problem that way, right? But I think sometimes just talking to other people can can make such a huge difference and I know me and this one thing I know we've done is we've had conversations I've had conversations with other friends as well I have a buddy in Thailand and me and him will talk as well and you know we'll just kind of go through our life and, and you know it's kind of neat he's in his uh, I believe he's about 47 and I'm sorry if I guess your age wrong Shannon don't kill me <laughs> um, but you know he he's a great respect for, I have a great respect for him because I, I can kind of see where he's taking his life 
I can really see how I'm modeling my life and I can really see how, you know, we're, we're exactly the same. We have the same tendencies and we, we worry about the same things and, and, and we go through the same process. We're almost like, uh, really are like brothers, you know, in reality, I do feel that. And, you know, but having those conversations with somebody like that allows you to really understand yourself better and, or just release that tension that you've been holding on the inside, right? Because, you know, a lot of reasons I think a lot of people go on pharmaceuticals is to deal with their stuff is because they keep all this stuff on the inside it's bottling up it's eating away at them it's making them sicker and well how do you cure someone that's sick give them medicine so you know if people were just talk and get that out of their system i think that is a huge advice your mom gave you which you know i'm gonna take to heart and uh, learn from as well yeah, I mean, there's something to be said about the poison that stays in your body and how to get that out. But there's also something to be said about the poison that stays in your mind and you let that fester and, and continue to grow. Well, you know, law of attraction says whatever you focus on grows. So uh, that's something to be addressed and considered as well. Right. So, you know, just kind of wrapping this up, um, what are some of your final thoughts here on the things you learned from your parents? I think this has been such a cool episode and I just hope it's like as cool of an experience for everyone listening as it has been for us, that you'll realize some lessons you've learned from your parents that you'll think fondly of, even if your parent wasn't the best parent. And we know that bad things can happen in this world. It's just the way things are, but hopefully you'll think about some of the positive things that you've learned from them or how you can turn around those negatives and make them into positives. Right. And, you know, and I want to leave off with that as an example too, right? I mean, we all know Oprah Winfrey and some of the stuff that she went through and uh, growing up as a child and, and look where she is now, right? She turned that negative experience growing up into something positive. I know she said on many occasions that the negative experiences she grew up experiencing made her who she is today. She's the type of person she is today because of all, all the, you know, the, the, the molestation that took place when she she was younger and but now she understands that because she went through that she has a better understanding of how other people go through that she's able to help other people through you know different shows that she's done different events that she's done the places that she she invests her money and and to give to charity and all that stuff right so all those experiences that she went through made her into who she is if if she hadn't gone through that experience i, I wonder uh, if that's who she would be today Yeah, very true. You know, your experiences form who you are, but she was somebody that took what was negative and and turned it around. So, and she's also interviewed many people of the same. So those might be a few things worth exploring as well. Well, this has been Using Your Power. We're at usingyourpower.com. We look forward to answering all of your comments. Thank you so much. (laughs) 